turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. I don't think there could ever be any words that could be worse than hearing Jesus say, I never knew you. Depart from me, you cursed creature. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching us God's truth right from the Bible with lessons that we may not want to hear, but we need to hear. Let's jump right in today's study. Yes, God allows us to be fruit inspectors, meaning we can judge the outward actions of others, yet we can never judge the motive of someone's heart. For only God can see and judge that. And if we do judge another's actions, it should only be for one reason. The only reason we would ever bring up a conversation, what do you think is? To bring them closer to Christ, right? That's it. If you don't have that desire to do that, well, then you can never say anything. But us believers should have the desire to say something. Because if we're not becoming that voice of reason, who else is going to be that voice of reason for these people around you? Listen, I'm glad that somebody was the voice of reason to me when I was this mixed up kid. I had just turned 18. I was 18 maybe for a couple months. If you would have asked me, are you a good person? I would have said yes. Because I was nice. People liked me. But, but yet I had all these other things going on. And I was carrying the guilt of those things, which I never shared with anyone. But like I've shared with you many times, when they shared this verse that Jesus said in Luke 12, 3, he says, everything you've said in the dark will be heard in the light. Everything that you've whispered in the inner rooms is going to be proclaimed on the housetops of heaven one day. When someone explained that to me, what were they explaining to me? judgment. They were explaining judgment to me. And so when I said to them, well, what's going to happen with someone like me? I've done everything wrong. That's what I said to them. I've done everything wrong. I'm guilty. And they said, you are going to go to hell. (laughs) It's just like, oh, And, and it's just the truth of God's word. And here I was, a person who never went to church, never had any concept of everything. But I knew right then when they were talking to me, I was going to hell in a handbasket. I just, because I knew I was guilty. But then that's when they followed it up with a smile on their face and they said, but that's why Jesus came. That's why he came. And I just remember sitting there at this kitchen counter in Upland, California, and it was just like, oh, I just knew it was true. Now, how do you know that when you never go to church, you never had any Bible understanding? Now, listen, back when I was 16, okay, this is in the mid-70s, 75% of Americans were going to churches. I wasn't. All grown up in the 60s, we didn't go to church. We went a couple times when my sister was born. Uh, that's, you know, I was eight years old when she was born, so that was like 19-whatever, 67. So we went a couple times then, but that was it. 
Like two or three times we went to church, and that was it. So I had no understanding of God. I had no concept of anything. But yet, I just, it was true. It resonated inside me. How did that happen? It was the Holy Spirit of God. You have to trust when you go in with the right motives and you're the voice of reason to someone, you have to trust that the Holy Spirit is going to minister to them. Now, it might not seem like they're receiving it at that moment. It might not seem like it. But that doesn't mean that it's not going inside. And then when that person goes home that night and they're laying in bed, that's when the Holy Spirit brings these things back. It's like the word of God goes out and doesn't come back void. And all of a sudden, you know, it's like you're going to stand before God. It's appointed for every man and woman to die once. And after this comes judgment. That's why I like to quote scripture to people when I'm sharing with them. Because even if they don't get it at that moment, God will bring it back to them. Yes, God allows us to be those fruit inspectors so that we can share with people and that we can share the goodness of God with them. And if we do judge another's actions, it should be, again, for the only reason to see them to come into a place of repentance in Christ, just like what happened to me and will happen to you also. So if we see another Christian living in a sinful lifestyle, maybe they have stolen something, fallen into sexual sin, whatever. Maybe they have talked behind other backs, they're a busybody, they're a gossiper, whatever the case may be, it doesn't matter. Jesus told us in Matthew 18, he says this in Matthew 18, 15, he says, if your brother sins... And you show him his fault in private. So we're commanded to do this. If your brother sins, go to him and show him his fault in private. No, don't sit there and, you know, hey, we got to pray for brother so-and-so because I'm going to go confront him because he's doing this and he's doing this. No, no, you're a busybody gossip at that point. You just go to him in private. Maybe it's someone at your work and they claim to be a Christian. Oh, I'm a Christian. But yet, they, you know, they cuss like a freight train, you know, whatever. All, you know, what, you can go to them in private and say, hey, listen, someone said you were a Christian. See, that's what someone did to me. And that's what got me started in really following the Lord. So I've been a Christian for about four months. And I'm just I'm dropping F-bombs. I'm just everything. And this person confronted me and said, do you read your Bible? That was a nice way of saying, you know, because someone told me you were a Christian and you can't possibly be reading your Bible because of the way you act. But they were trying to be nice. And they said, so do you read your Bible? I'm like, no, I don't have a Bible. And they go, well, we're going to get you a Bible. And then when they got me my Bible, that's when I started really growing because I started reading the word. Now, why again are we as Christians to do all of this? Why? Because getting back to the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus went on to say in Matthew 7, 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, is going to enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father. So it's our responsibility because, look, can God not do a better job than us in everything? I mean, what can we do better than God? Okay, nothing. Okay, so, I mean, God should just open up the heavens and just put his head through and just start talking to people because he can do a much better job. But in his infinite wisdom, God has chosen to use us, people ministering to people, sheep begetting sheep. So that's what he's chosen to do. So God uses us to reach other people. God used someone to reach me. Didn't God use someone to reach you? And so God wants to use people. I don't think there could ever be any words that could be worse than hearing Jesus say, you know what? I never knew you. Depart from me, you cursed creature. 
Because people are going to say, Lord, we knew you. We did all these things in your name. And he says, no, I don't know you. Could you imagine hearing words like that? Those whose lives have been a sham. They went to church. They carried their Bibles. They sang the songs. They gave faithfully in the offering. Yet their life was wasted and unproductive for the kingdom of God. Why? Because they lived after their own desires and aspirations. They didn't have any real fruit in their life. Maybe the church they went to never taught the word of God like this. Maybe they only taught a feel-good message. But ultimately, people will have no one to blame but themselves. That's why he says you'll have no excuse. Because everyone has a Bible, they just didn't read it. You ever get like poked here? You know, it's like we're preaching a message. Ooh. Uh, woo, you know, someone said to me here on the way up, Pastor, you hit me in a couple places this morning, but I'm thankful that you did. Here's a good reminder. See, you need that little Holy Spirit conviction. That's what church should be. This is why I love teaching through the scripture, because I don't pick what we're going to speak on every week, okay? It's like when we're walking through a book of the Bible, let's see, we're going to go chapter by chapter, verse by verse. So I don't decide, well, what are we going to speak on? You know, it's like, well, the Lord just, you know, opens up the whatever, you know, the conversation is by what the next chapter brings. And that's how I make sure I run Sunday morning. And so when you get poked by the Holy Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit. But imagine the person who goes to church every Sunday and the pastor has chosen to go down the light way. He's decided, I don't want to take a chance on having anyone walk out. I don't know if anyone was here for the first service this morning. Three people got up and left. Three people. Three people. Boom, boom. Now, I don't know if it was about something that I was poking on this morning or if they just, you know, they got hungry and they just decided to go eat. I don't know. But it was during the message. But it's like any time that a pastor softens a message, I don't want that to sound that harsh. It's almost like game over. So there's many that go to churches that they're just taught feel-good messages. But again, we are called to hear the written word of God. I love what it says in 1 John 4, 1. He says, beloved. Now, who do you think beloved is? It's us, right? It's the true believers in Christ. He says, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Why? Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Many false prophets. Now, as we return to our text, we're asked a question. This is for those living in continual and open sin with no desire to repent. This is different than the ongoing battle over a weakness in our flesh because we all have ongoing battles, right? We have that area of weakness, so we have to keep our guard up and we have to really watch out for that thing. It's an ongoing battle. So I'm not talking about someone who's waging an ongoing battle and at times we fall to that thing uh, because none of us are perfect. But I'm talking specifically about someone who knows they're living in a sin and they don't care. That means they're just habitually living in sin and yet they claim to be a Christian. Like I'm not trying to fight this thing. I've just given myself over to it with no desire to stop. So we're told in verse 4, do you think lightly of the riches of God's kindness? Are you just living in sin thinking, oh, well, I'm saved by grace and that's it. So I'm not even going to battle with this thing. Notice at the end of verse 4, we have an incredible statement. The kindness of God is what leads us to repentance. You know, which is a true statement. 
And how wonderful that is, that it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. For we are saved by God's amazing love and kindness. His tolerance in the King James, he uses the word forbearance, means God has held back his judgment and wrath against us. And thank you, Jesus, for that. But in the context, there are those who didn't respond to God's kindness. They didn't respond to his grace, and they didn't repent and say, God, I'm sorry for what I did. And without repentance, there is no forgiveness of sin. If you're not repenting of what you've done wrong, if you're not saying, God, I'm sorry, and meaning it inside, then there's no forgiveness. It doesn't matter how many times we come to church. It doesn't matter how many times we put money in the offering. Let us never forget, God will work with us in our struggles. You get that? If we're struggling with something, God's going to work with you. He's going to hold your hand through that. You're going to fall down. He's going to pick you back up. You're going to fall down again. He's going to pick you back up. But what he wants to see is that we're working against that thing. We are battling that thing. So God will work with us in our struggles. But we must open up our heart and soul to him. And that's why God gets so brutally honest in verse 5. He says, it's because of your stubbornness and unrepentant heart that you're storing up wrath for yourself, meaning you're stubborn and you've given up on the thing and you're not trying to fight it and you're just stubborn. He says, that's why you're storing up wrath for yourself. Again, the whole reason we have Bible study is to drive us to the cross. The cross is a place of getting right with God. It's God's indescribable gift for all of humanity, all of humanity. I mean, don't we all know some scumbags? I mean, come on, let's just be honest. We all know some scumbags. I mean, just people that are just thrashers, okay? They're just bad people. But even those people, they could still repent and God would forgive them, no matter how bad they are. Yes, that's God's unprecedented love that he has for an undeserving people like us that have sinned. God loves us. He adores humanity. He treasures us. And that's why he came to the earth to die for you and me and every other scumbag out there. But we have to clean up our act once we come to him. He takes us just as we are. But there needs to be some movement on our side once we come to know him. You know, and we need to start walking with him. And that's what God desires for us to do. None of us would ever go to heaven outside of him. That's why we need to receive him by faith. Which brings up our point here, no favoritism. Let's read what he says in Romans 2.9. He says, there will be tribulation and distress for every soul of man who does evil. Of the Jew first and also the Gentile or the Greek. But glory and honor and peace to everyone who does good to the Jew first and also the Greek, for there is no partiality with God. He's just saying, look, there's a judgment coming here. There's a judgment coming. You know, and and if you don't do good, there is going to be hardship for you. And we see all the people that are going on right now. We see all the corruption in our government. We see the lying fake news out there and so much just chaos happening. Oh, there's going to be massive judgment that's going to happen. For every person, to the Jew first and also to the non-Jew. But again, the book of the Bible, the Bible itself is a book of love and encouragement. And it talks about mercy and grace. 
but it's a book of love, mercy, and grace to those who repent. And again, the word repentance means that people are walking in a direction. The world is walking in a direction right now. Repentance means you stop walking the way the world is walking, change your direction, and walk God's way. That's what God desires us to do, to walk his way, to walk his in his lifestyle, to walk the way he wants us to walk. So yes, the world is going to be judged radically unless there's repentance. And this is where we come in. Again, with that message of love, that message of mercy, that message of grace. The word in verse 9, tribulation, comes from a root meaning of being compressed like grapes being crushed to make wine. That means there's going to be tribulation for those that do not repent. They will be afflicted, and they will be afflicted and distressed. The soul of every person who does evil will be afflicted by God. Again, this is the person who has chosen to live in their present sin. And if we're not those ones with the voice of reason, why would they ever change? But to those who repented, to those who have chosen to seek after the Lord, they will be forgiven. I love what it says in 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sin before God, that word confess means that we're going to agree with God that he's right. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Haven't we all experienced that, those of us that are believers? It's like, oh God, I'm so sorry. And then we just, just the mercy of God just covers us. I don't know how many times I've sinned the same thing over and over again, and yet you come back to the Lord and his mercies are new. What? Every morning, right? His mercies are new every morning. And notice verse 11. There is no partiality with God for everything that has been done. And he opened along with everything that's been done in secret. Both good and bad, God would judge it all. He will judge every man and every woman. And those who repent will be forgiven just like we're forgiven. Isn't it worth being that voice of reason to those around us? Understand, this was radical thinking, Back then, we can know God. We can be forgiven. This was radical. Oh, my goodness. This is what God has for us. And then our third and final point, there's no defense. Let's read what it says here in Romans 2.12. It says, for all who have sinned without the law will also perish without the law. Meaning those have gone to church and have a Bible. He says, and all who have sinned without the law, meaning they didn't go to church and they didn't have a Bible. Then he says, those who have sinned under the law will be judged by the law, those who have gone to church and have a Bible. For it is not the hearers of the law who are just before God. It's the doers of the law who will be justified. For when Gentiles or non-Jews who do not have the law do instinctively the things of the law, these not having the law are a law to themselves in that they show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience bearing witness and their thoughts alternately accusing or else defending them. On the day when, according to my gospel, God will judge the secrets of men through Christ Jesus. Now, this is a very interesting portion of scripture. Everyone who stands before God with the excuse, hey, I didn't know that. I didn't go to church. I didn't have a Bible. That's who he's talking about first. He says, I never read it. I never did any of these things. I don't know what this stuff is. I didn't listen to Christian radio. I never watched Christian television or anything like that. I never went on the internet to watch anything Christian. I didn't even know, God, you existed. How can you judge me? And God points 
to the creation itself. Because he said earlier, because again, this letter, chapter 1, chapter 2, man put the chapter breaks in there. Uh, but if you go back to chapter 1, he had already established a fact in Romans one twenty. He says, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible attributes, his eternal power, his divine nature have been clearly seen and understood through what he has made so that they are without excuse. There's that without excuse again. He says, you didn't think there was a God? Did you ever look at the sun come up every day? Did you ever ever look at the stars? You ever look at the moon? You ever look at a giraffe? You ever look at a horse? You ever look at a goat? I mean, did you think this all just happened on its own? Do you think that your heart just beats in your chest with batteries? There's no battery pack on you. You don't have to go to a Tesla charging station and charge yourself up. I mean, did you just think it all happened? Do you think when you opened your eyelids and your eyeballs are looking at things, did you think that just happened? Do you think it just happened that uh, seven and a half billion people on planet Earth have fingerprints that are all different from everyone else? You ever think about their tongue has a print that's different than seven and a half billion other people? He said, you think that all just happened? All of creation screams of my glory and my existence so that you are without excuse, every person. Light is still light no matter how dim it might be. And the Bible spells out truth very brightly. That's why we as believers must use scripture when talking to people. Again, with loving kindness. It's it's not about an argument. It's not about trying to win an argument with someone. It's about coming alongside someone. You know, the Bible says this. Oh, that's ridiculous. It's a book of fairy tales. I don't believe that. Well, I just want you to know that God loves you, but I also want you to know that he is going to judge you. Hebrews 9.24, you will stand before God. You will die. See, why do people, why are they so afraid of dying? Everyone's afraid of dying. I get called to the hospital. You know, a a lot of believers will call me because they have a relative who's in the hospital dying. And I will go in and I will talk to them. And I will listen to them. And I mean, I have talked to atheists. There was one individual that came to church here a couple times. His wife was coming here all the time with his son. But he would never come because he's an atheist. And I talked to him a couple times. And he came here a couple times. And, you know, he was healthy. He was a strong, I'm an atheist. I don't believe in this. And da-da-da. And he was so adamant and whatever. Well, you know, I didn't see him for a couple years. And then his wife told me, he's dying. He's going to die. He's in bed. He's going to die. Can you go see him? He lives over here in the hills over here. And I said, sure. She goes, you will? I go, yeah, I'll go. What's his address? I went to the house. I went to his door. I went inside. They had a caretaker there because he was having a hard time getting out of bed. He was in hospice. And I sat there and it was so funny because we're sitting there and he just did this whole thing, gives me this whole spiel again, like what he gave me two years ago when he was healthy and strong. I'm an atheist. I don't believe in God. And da-da-da-da, da-da-da. And he gives me this whole thing. I listened to him for like 45 minutes. I'm like, "Mm -hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then he kind of stopped to catch his breath, and I said, well, you're going to die. And you're going to stand before God, and you're going to be guilty of all of your sin in your life. So, I suggest that right now you give your life to Jesus Christ. He stands at the door of your heart and he wants to come in. And he looked at me, tears started coming down. He goes, okay. I mean, it's just like, you know, it's it's so weird because 45 minutes. And I'm just like, "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm." I'm like, well, here's the way I see it. You're going to die and you need to give your life to Christ. And he said, okay. And he died a week later. You know, people can say whatever they want to say, but you know, inside 
Because again, God is so gracious. He's wrote his word upon the fleshly tablets of our heart. Doesn't matter if you have a Bible or not. It doesn't matter. You know, it's like we have all been guilty before God. And it's up to us to bring truth to people. And I just want to end with this verse. Because, again, why is everyone so adamant against the Bible right now? Because they've rejected the truth. Write this scripture down, 2 Thessalonians 2.10. And with all the deception of wickedness for those who are perishing, because they did not receive the love of the truth to be saved. So why are they perishing? Why are the wicked perishing today? Because they did not receive the love of the truth as to be saved. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app available on iOS and Android. Core Truth is sponsored by and a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA to 77977. You can also give via our app or online at corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla, one word, dot org. As well as writing to our P.O. Box 34789, Los Angeles, California, 90034. 